Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is brought to you by Grand Casino. Breslow's two strike pitch. So there's a high drive into deep center. Rosario still going back. One hop up against the 399 side. Coming around third is Hill. He was tagging up, but he does score. Posey stops at third, and it's another double for Hunter Pence, his third of the day. And it is nine to five Giants. Yep, Derek Wetmore, that's enough leadership for me. I'm good with Breslow and Blyle. You guys have you've done your leadership thing. That's great. Now stop giving up crooked numbers and ringing doubles and uh, getting rocked on a regular basis. Bullpen needs to be better. Yes, yeah, that's, that's my hot take the for the biggest day. Biggest understatement of today's guys. I spent, show. Yes. I spent all weekend all right, coming Derek up Wetmore. with that. Thanks, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Actually, we'll can, let's start with draft because we are. Just a few hours away from, and Major League Baseball, credit to them for taking something that used to just be done over conference call up until about 10 years ago and out from public view. And they try to make it a big deal, even though the players who you see drafted tonight in the first round, you, ain't gonna, you might see one of them or two of them next year. Half of them you might never see. And then the other half, they're going to go ride buses for three or four or five years, mm-hmm. maybe eight years, and and you'll see them later. I think it's being set up that if they don't draft Hunter Green, the star high school pitcher slash uh, hitter, that they're making a big mistake. But could I also make the case that because they don't have many top arms in the organization and a college pitcher with a good track record is just an easier guy to project than a high school kid who throws 100 and you're not really sure, that Kyle Wright, if they passed on Kyle Wright, Vanderbilt right-hander, 21 years old, they might be passing on a David Price type, a, I don't want to say Steven Strasburg type, but that they might be passing on the best pitcher in the draft if they pass on Kyle Wright. I think you could make that that case, too. Um, My general take, and you guys aren't going to like this, is that we won't know for a couple of years, and so anyone who claims to know is probably being a little overconfident. With that being said, I don't personally believe that there is a Steven Strasburg, that there is a Bryce Harper type player in this draft. And so that makes this a little interesting. Because the Twins could go any number of different ways, and to your point on pitching, Phil, I don't think they're necessarily pigeonholed into saying you have to get a pitcher, and you have to get a pitcher who's close to the big leagues. I don't think proximity is going to be an issue. In fact, Derek Falvey, when addressing these kinds of questions to the media two weeks ago, said, you know, like he's obviously aware of the pitching problem at the majors, but he says he doesn't want to get guided by the recency bias too much and say, well, what's going on in the majors right now should affect this draft. All he's worried about, and I think this is smart, is putting together the best portfolio of draft prospects, having your, you know, your collection of players and maybe assign 25 or 30 of them, have that as good as possible, not as good as possible as long as it addresses the current need and the guys are all signable and, 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 and. You've got too many, you're painting yourself into too many corners when you start to do that, and I think the Twins are going to be smart to avoid that. And I don't think the, these guys don't, uh, Derek, strike me as people who say to themselves, that kid's in college, therefore he's close to being up, let's say, in 2019. Sure. These guys strike me as the type who say who say to themselves, which one of these guys can we eventually cultivate and get here? But they don't, there's, there's nothing about Falvey that strikes me as quick fix. Like, there, there has been the whole thing of, oh, man, if you draft a pitcher and he's in college, he can be up here by 19 and help you out. 
I don't think these guys are going to think like that. I think they're going to think way more long term and what can we what can we do to make the smartest pick possible right now? Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's a, the difference. That's a smart thing to me because if you're looking at the 2017 staff, I think you'd say, well, to win the American League Central, yeah, you're in first place right now, but like to really win it and to make some noise in the playoffs, I think you'd have to say it would have to be better, starting and bullpen. Obviously, the bullpen has to get better, but the starting rotation, too. So it stands to reason, then, that your 2019 rotation, to use the year that you were talking about, well, that's going to have to be better, too. But I don't think that Falvey looks at it and says, it has to get better, therefore we have to get it from the draft. I think Falvey is confident in his own ability and his staff's ability to go and say, identify free agents or identify trades or identify people within your system who you can maybe rise up a little bit, make him into a better pitcher. You don't necessarily have to use the number one overall pick or the number 35 pick or the number 37. All these things are nice and they can be assets for you in the future, but I don't think they say, well, here's a problem and here's our only avenue to address it. Here's our only way to fix it. They're thinking on multiple different layers with that. Just for fun, I have a list going back more than a decade. The last like 10 to 12 players who were drafted number one overall, seven of them were high school, and uh, it's not a complete list. I, I pulled the college pitchers and the high school players. So I guess if there's been high, if there's been college hitters, then there might be one or two college hitters in this mix. Uh, the last seven high school players to be taken number one overall, not counting last year because you need some time. Uh, Brady Aiken, mm-hmm. in he was actually drafted number one overall. Didn't sign with the Astros, if I recall, and then got drafted again. Has a five ERA in the minors right now, and he's about twenty one, so it's not going well f- for him in the minors. Carlos Correa out of high school, stud. Bryce Harper out of high school, stud. Tim Beckham isn't a stud. He's just now, after about nine years in the minor leagues, figuring it out at age 27 for the first time. Good, solid shortstop defensively. Power's kind of coming around. Not on that superstar top level, but a good, solid player after nine years of being in their system. Justin Upton, stud. Matt Bush, maybe going to be serviceable as a reliever, but personal issues there. Was a shortstop, too, right? He was drafted as a shortstop, shortstop. and he's a pitcher. And uh, Delman Young, uh, I classify him as a bust. He had one or two good years. I think the lesson here is if you can weed out the personal sort of personality quirk issues somehow, and it just boils down to talented player who has a good head on his shoulders, those guys are all, at at the worst, out of high school, serviceable players who are going to play every day for you. Um, on the pitchers, the college pitchers who've been drafted number one overall, so this is kind of Kyle Wright or Hunter Green if you're comparing. Garrett Cole was the last one, 2011, stud. Steven Strasburg, 2009, stud. David Price, 2007, stud. But then you get that Mark Appel, Brian Bullington, Matt Anderson group of guys, mm-hmm. and they're all busts. Mark Appel's a bust. He's been in the minor oh. leagues for three years, and he's terrible. So it's... It's a mixed bag no matter what. You just have to go off of, I think it's about which, between Kyle Wright and Hunter Green, which one is less likely to mentally implode? Hmm. And and how do you figure that out? Well, we don't know that sitting in this studio. That's the other thing. You'd, I'd add Brendan McKay to that list. I'd add Royce, Royce Lewis, uh, Mackenzie Gore. I don't know what direction that the Twins are going to go. I'm not, I guess I'm not even sure if they know right at this moment. Um, hmm. But what's interesting is that that, Mental fortitude that you talk about, Phil, is definitely something that Derek Falvey is considering. I don't know if it's 
I don't know this. If if it's the be all end all, I'd be surprised, but it's a strong factor. Um, Delman Young, it's been a big problem in his career. I, I think you'd have to say that. Uh, tons of talent, and it just it didn't really work out to develop into the kind of star that the Baseball Americas of the world foresaw when they saw a young Delman Young playing baseball. Now, it's hard to do this from a radio studio when I have not talked to any of these people, but that's one of the things that's been so intriguing about Hunter Green, and I think that's one of the main reasons why most of the Twins fans that I hear from think it'd be an absolute unmitigated failure if the Twins don't draft Hunter Green. It's because he not only is a high schooler with a 100-plus mile-an-hour fastball, uh, forget about his secondary pitches because I haven't really seen him pitch, don't know, um, but that he also has this sort of head on his shoulders. He doesn't seem like he'll be overwhelmed by the moment of being a number one overall pick. He's also he's a young African-American in a sport that has tried anyways to sort of throw their arms around young black kids playing baseball because the numbers are frightening, that they're just not playing anymore. And I don't have the answer for that. I'm sure uh, Rob Manfred doesn't have the answer for that. For that matter, I'm not sure Hunter Green has the answer for that. But he's a 17-year-old with an awareness of that situation. That, to me, is really impressive. That's that's almost as precocious as his ability on the baseball field, just to have that the maturity of the understanding of really who you represent as this possible number one overall pick. I, th- I think it's the total package mm-hmm. that has Twins fans so excited about this guy. Are we, um, in some ways, getting too hung up on this pick? Because the one thing about baseball that seems to me to be true is a lot of your success stories sometimes come in the sixth round, the ninth round, the twelfth round. I think I think as draft, as fans that follow drafts, we're very conditioned to, it's your first round pick. It's yeah. the first pick. But are we maybe getting a little bit too hung up on the one pick when it's been proven time and time again in baseball, you build through the totality of the draft, and you can find superstars in the twelfth round? Almost definitely, yes. Okay. We are focusing too much on it. And that's just a product of, it's it's how it goes. In in football, you have mock drafts that go three, four, five rounds, whatever. But in baseball, even as someone who, I've followed the draft at least a little bit since before spring training started, I still couldn't rattle off the stats and attributes of the top 25 guys even. you know. And, and, and that's just the way the baseball draft works. There's some anonymity still at play that baseball's, Maybe not going to be able to rectify. Here's, to your point, Judd, the interesting path for me. Everyone wants to talk about one. We spend 100% of our time talking about one. The Twins spend a percentage that's lower than that. If they pick someone that's not named Hunter Green and it's with the intention of saving some money on that first pick to allocate it to a later pick, like 35 or 37, and maybe sign somebody who's better than you should have gotten for that pick. I think that'd be an interesting strategy because the Astros did that in 2012 and wound up with Carlos Correa, who signed for less than the slot value, and Lance McCullers Jr., who, if you don't know him, you're about to. He is, with with Dallas Keuchel out in Houston, Lance McCullers is the ace of that staff, and they got both of those guys with the first overall pick and then a compensatory pick. And, by the way, this isn't a cheap poll ads thing that would be happening. The Twins have an allotted slot. Of, they have the most money of any team in the draft because they're drafting number one. 14 plus 14? million for their first 10 rounds. Yeah, so then if they can if slot, what's slot for number one? $7, 7. million? Seven. So if they can if, if they can go to, let's say Brendan McKay and say, you know what, we're not going to give you 7.7. That's what Hunter Green would get. We'll give you 6.5. And you'll get to be the number one overall pick. We'll save a million to go get a better player, maybe a high school kid who wouldn't otherwise sign. Let's come back and uh, talk about the current twins with Derek Wetmore.
find our Touch Em All podcast on 15hardespn.com. Hey guys, before we continue on with the rest of this Touch Em All podcast, it's Phil Mackey here for all of you Twin Cities area listeners to tell you about Luther Brookdale Toyota. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard is the location. My family and I have been going to this car dealership and service department for three plus decades. And there's a reason for that. It's the best in the business, the smartest and friendliest people in the business. They'll treat you like family. So find out why my family and I have been going to the same dealership and service department for multiple decades, right on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Mackie and John are back. This is what I'm talking about. On 1500 ESPN. Legendary hitman John Wick, played by Keanu Reeves, is forced out of retirement again by a former associate plotting to seize control of a shadowy international assassin's guild bound by a blood oath to help him. This sounds serious. John travels to Rome where he squares off against some of the world's deadliest killers. Also starring Lawrence Fishburne, Common, and John Leguizamo own John <laughs> Chapter 2 on Blu-ray, DVD, Digital HD now from Lionsgate. You can win your very own Blu-ray combo pack now by using the 1500 ESPN new stream player. Oh, that is... My name is John Wick. An aggressive... When's the Matt Belial book or, or <laughs> DVD going to be out? <laughs> Shelled. <laughs> Belial story. <laughs> Who's okay? Who's next, Derek? They've used about they've used about twenty five pitchers. Matt Belisle has what an ERA around nine and Slop. got shelled again. The story of Matt Belisle. Shelled is perfect. You're right. <laughs> Washed up. The story of a man who spent one extra year in the bigs. Yeah, is there, there's got to be two or three guys they haven't tried yet, right? There's got to be some arms that are healthy. Alan is Jake Reed back? Alan Buznitz is down there. Trevor Hildenberger is pitching well. John Curtis is uh, throwing really well Anybody under the age of 31. Just keep claiming guys off the, the wire. That seems to be the plan. It's just, here's what I don't get. Why is Belial still here when everybody else, basically, if they meet his fate, is being shipped out? Yeah. Like, they're doing a really good job. I like this. I like this whole thing. A lot of transactions. I'm fine with that. But how does Matt Belisle get the get out of jail free card yeah. of the bullpen? So, so I'll just take that one step further. It's not that to me that he's still on the team. A little surprising, but that he's still pitching in the eighth inning is shocking. I mean, if you're going to keep him on the team for his corner locker leadership, and trust me, I believe that's non-trivial. I think that's the reason he's still on the team. Okay, but that's been nice. But, You've had a nice five month run, and and if that's the case. You can lead from the sixth inning. You know what I mean? Like, you can lead in a mop-up kind of role. You can sort of be that guy behind the scenes. Could lead as a consultant. What I don't understand is the advisor? continued use Fox Sports in, North. The, in the seventh Pre-game and eighth show. innings. I, I don't have a good answer to your question. It doesn't make a lot of sense It to strikes me. me. It's the only thing about this new group that strikes me like the old group. I mean, he's a corner locker guy, so that's a, okay. Yeah, but I, I under I understand if he's bringing something that you just say we have to have. So who's making the call? Well, Let me ask you that question because it's not clear to me. I mean, the, the call the call for what though? The to keep, keep him. him. Keep well, him. I mean, it's in, a good question. It's, it, if Derek Falvey wants him off the roster, he's off the roster. So Derek. Oh. So it's, unless Paul Mahler has pictures too. 
Like, do like, Belial and Paul Molitor have pictures? Like, if if Molitor's the one who keeps trusting him in the eighth inning, or is that a Neil Allen or an Eddie Gordado thing? I, I understand why they saw value in him and why they signed him, because he's had a good 10-year run, most of it in the National League, and was very good last year. And I even see why, because of that track record, they would give him a little bit more leeway to be bad early on, because at some point, well, you're going to... You're going to turn it around and revert back to being a really good reliever. Yeah. We're almost we're halfway through June at this point. Yeah, when's that regression coming? Yeah, I, you know it's he had a a great ERA last year, a really good ERA the year before that, a ten year track record in the big leagues of getting guys out, and for whatever reason, I don't know if his stuff has deteriorated. Although I'd have to imagine it has. I mean, at 37, he's just not getting the job done anymore. I, it's it's not a simple answer from my chair, but. The, the writings on those, the wall that this has gone on those quite four long times enough. though he's got four or five outings that are just you look at the numbers you're like you can't clean you can't go on like this no yeah. and it sucks because they had a winning road trip they're still in first place but yeah. the last thing you remember is and and when he's walking out to the mound you're thinking this feels like a bad idea that <laughs> feels sour like case. a bad idea and it's there not it gonna is. end well uh, you can find our weekly twins discussion in depth Derek Wetmore and I on 15hardyspn.com it's called Touch 'Em All. Thanks, Derek. The draft should be fun tonight. Yeah. Uh, Seattle in town. Big sports night.